welcome to another episode of, I'm just gonna start over again. My wife is a goon. Welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life, Married to a Weirdo. So I'm not sure if she'll keep that in. She'll probably edit that part out. But this week I wanted to talk to you about simple running trips to make your next backcountry run less dangerous. Trips. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what I want to talk to you about this week is simple running tips to make your next backcountry run less dangerous. So this one was kind of prompted by my wife and I. Well, I had training in Connecticut. And so I got this wild haired idea that, you know, hey, I'm trying to run the Appalachian Trail. So since we're in Connecticut, the shortest part of the Appalachian Trail was in Connecticut. So I was like, I'm going to run the whole Appalachian Trail in Connecticut after my training. So I was like, you can drop me off at Mount Washington in Massachusetts and I'll run all the way down to the campground this first day where we were staying. And then you can pick me up and we'll go to the campground and it'll be great. And, you know, it was, it was, it seemed like a great idea. In fact, it, it, it seemed like a wonderful idea to me. And then the next day I was going to run from there all the way into New York. And I'd cover three states and one day on the Appalachian Trail and everything would be lovely and grand and awesome and pretty cool. So one of the things that you should do before you plan trips like this is look at the weather report. I know it's it seems like an ordinary thing, but you know... I didn't start out, I really, I'm serious. I did not purposefully, purposefully set out on an afternoon run on the Appalachian Trail thinking, wouldn't it be cool if I put myself in a death-defying experience? It just turned out that way because I didn't check the weather report. And it was one of the weirdest storms I think I've ever encountered in my life. So Jenny dropped me off. My beautiful forever girlfriend and lovely pilot dropped me off on a little spur trail that was going to take me up to the Appalachian Trail. And we didn't check to see if there was cell service. That probably would have been, that's another little tip. So I've given you two tips for free here. Check the weather, check to see if there's actual cell service because you might want to communicate with the person that is supporting you on these crazy runs Hey, I can't find the trail, which is what I did. I started out the run. It was lightly raining. It was just a light rain, which, you know, if you're a runner and you've done trails and everything, lightly raining doesn't mean anything. It's just a little bit of wetness. And you're going to get sweaty and stinky anyway. So think of the wetness as like, you know, a nice refreshing shower. Made a couple stupid mistakes. But, you know, those, those happen sometimes when you're out running and the wilderness are you guys really looking forward to going out and me guiding you on a trail because um, this happens more than once so i start out on this little spur trail and it's slightly raining and all of a sudden you know and i'm following the trail and it was like and i had looked and it was like follow the blue blaze marks on the tree on the trees until you get to the white blaze appalachian trail because everybody knows that white blazes means that you're on the appalachian trail So I was following the blue blazes and then I wasn't following the blue blazes. 
And I found myself beside this little stream. And I was kind of going along this little stream thinking, I haven't seen a blue blaze in a while. And so I was actually smart. I said, okay, I'm going to head back the way that I was going. As I was heading back the way I was going, this freak thunderstorm that was probably on the weather reports, if I had bothered to look for it, all of a sudden broke. And now all of a sudden, it's not just lightly raining. I mean, the rain is coming down in buckets. There's thunder. The sky is as... I mean, it was like I didn't have my headlamp on. I probably could have used a headlamp because it was so dark. I couldn't see in front of me, especially with all the rain coming down. So... I think I got back to where I had been on this little spur trail. That was only a mile and a half to the AT. At this point, I'd been on the trail for about 30 minutes to go a mile and a half. And I think I got back to the point I was, I think. I saw what I thought was a blue blaze on a tree up ahead of me, up a pretty steep hill. And so I headed up what I thought was the trail towards what I thought was a blue blaze. Got there and realized, nope, it was just a little scar on the tree. Wasn't blue, wasn't a blaze, hadn't been painted. It was God-made, not handmade. And so, you know, I got there, I was like, I am in trouble because now I don't know where I am. So eventually I did make it to the AT. It took me an hour and a half to go a mile and a half. I'm sure I did much more than that. I think my watch recorded like six miles in an hour and a half of wandering back and forth. So I got up on the AT and now I'm realizing, uh, my wife thinks that I am well on my way down to Connecticut. For some reason, I pulled out my cell phone in the midst of this beautiful thunderstorm and I had cell service and my wife must have been someplace that she has cell service. So I was able to say, hey, I don't think it's a good idea for me to continue down the 20 miles into Connecticut as it could take me the entire night and I don't have my headlamp. And besides that, the storm is here. So I'm going to head back down this mile and a half blue blaze to the trailhead where you drop me off, pick me up. Somehow I made it back down the trailhead I'm telling you all that because there's some tips here. I've been trail running in, in I've been trail running in the mountains since 2014. And I shouldn't be making stupid mistakes like this. You know, I know that you're supposed to check the weather report the morning before you head off to the place that you're that you're doing your running. I know that you should have a map on you and that you should at least you know there are so many apps for your smartphone now. I don't know why I carry my smartphone with me sometimes because it's like it just sort of sits there and it's a dumb phone because somebody doesn't use the smartphone. But there's so many apps and everything that I should have been able to check the map. But I didn't do any of that stuff. And so the first two tips I have, well, actually, the first three tips I have is number one, check your weather report. Number two, check the cell service. And number three, use the smartphone apps because they'll work even if you don't have cell service to check out maps and to make sure you're on the right path. One of the things that I really encourage is, and this is probably the the fourth tip and most important, is communicate with whoever is delivering you about where you're going to go and different 
possibilities to if you have to bail out where you can bail out. We've heard more and more, you know, a good friend of mine, you know, John runs Human Potential Running Series in Colorado. And at the Silver Hills 100, they actually had to initiate their emergency plan because they had a freak storm roll in. They had a bunch of runners that were still up on the mountain and they had to go find them. And it was a good thing that he was smart enough to actually have an emergency plan. And I wonder how many race directors never even think about putting that emergency plan in. The thing about running in the wilderness, even if you're just in the Appalachian Trail here in Virginia, you don't think of it as a wilderness because, you know, you drive through all these massive cities in order to get to these trails. But when you're out there, you're in the middle of nowhere. I was went and ran Three Ridges Summit a couple weeks ago, maybe three, four weeks ago, and got stung by a bee. And I couldn't remember if I was allergic to bees or not. So I had to jump in my car and drive to where I had cell service to try and get a hold of my wife to find out, is bee stings one of the things I should be concerned about? Once I got there, I was able to I you know kind of chill out a little bit and stop freaking out and ice my ankle where I'd gotten stung by the bee and get the little bee stinger out of, out of my ankle and realize, okay, it's not really swollen up that much. I'm good. And went back to running the trail. That's the other thing. Sometimes you got to be smart enough to go, yeah, let's just bag this run. Yeah, I don't do that much. You know, there's so many probabilities out there. And in hindsight, once I was able to get to my wife and dunk my waterlogged phone in rice, I saw that there were a lot of... Let me tell you about a pair of shorts that I just started wearing that will blow your ever-living mind. Have you ever bought running shorts and they either have the lining that's like that brief lining and it all just sort of bunches up there in the middle where you really don't want things bunching up? Or you buy these shorts and they got the liners in them and you immediately start running and the liners end up at the top of your legs, not down your leg like you want them to? Well, these shorts don't do that. The liners stay down where you want them. Here's the even better thing that I have found. You know, in the Tidewater, Virginia area, summer running, when everything gets really, really wet, these shorts don't feel like they weigh 3,000 pounds when they're all wet with your 10,000 pounds of sweat. They're amazing. The waistband on these things out of this world it stays where it's supposed to be and the little string that ties it it doesn't come untied and best of all three zippered pockets threenailsclothing.com there's a discount code you'll see it in the show notes use it and get to love these shorts because they're awesome threenailsclothing.com looking at the weather and looking back at the weather if i had actually looked at the weather beforehand it showed this thunderstorm coming up over the mountain that I was on. When you're out running, you got to realize in the wilderness, throw extra clothes in your pack. Yes, it makes it heavier, but you know what? You never know when the temperature is going to change. Out west, man, when the temperatures change, the temperatures change. You could go from a 60 degree day, all of a sudden clouds come over and it could be the middle of the summer and you could be dipping down into the 40s and the 30s really, really quick. So there's a couple things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you here. So 
assuming you won't be able to communicate with your your support crew when you're setting out on a mountain trail is the correct procedure. So what you have to do is you have to, knowing that you may not be able to communicate with them, you have to be able to have set points of, okay, if I'm not here by this time, go back to the last spot I was. And then as a runner, you have to be willing to say, okay, if something happens and I'm not getting to where I said, I told my crew I was going to get to, you have to be willing to go back to that last part. You have to be willing to bag your run, go back to the last part and be able to communicate, okay, here's what's happening. Maybe I just need to bag this run for the day and attempt it tomorrow or something like that. There's a really, really cool article that I read. It was from Trip Savvy, and the article was Seven Gadgets for Communicating in the Backcountry. I'll just say that again. Seven Gadgets for Communicating in the Backcountry. And I think some of these things are probably really good. When I get ready to do the entire Appalachian Trail, there's one that kind of stood out that I'll probably make sure that I have. There's other things that you can do. So one of the things is... I'm going to be going out. So one of my dreams is to run the entire Appalachian Trail in Virginia, 500 something miles, all in one shot. So next year, when I go to attempt this, before we go out and do it, I'm going to have my wife drop me at a spot. I'm going to and then pick me up at the next spot, you know, like 50 miles away. And I'm going to test a sleep hammock, a bear rope for food and this device that I that I found where you can find bailout sections on the trails and everything. And this bail and this device will actually send a signal to your sport crew's phone about where you are on G- with the GPS coordinates so that if you have to bail out, you can just bail out. There's, there's so many things that you can do. One mistake that I never make is having proper clothing in my pack. My wife will tell you that when I pack, I mean, I, I pack more than I need because I have gotten stuck out in the mountains of Wyoming in a T-shirt with a pair of shorts on and had a storm roll in and all of a sudden you're freezing your butt off. And so I overpack. I'm going to tell you Osprey running packs. I use the Osprey Duo 15 for solo mountain runs because it's a two and a half liter water bladder. I can put regular water in it. And one of the things I like to do is actually put regular water in that. So I've got a lot of regular water. And then I put soft collapsible bottles in my front pockets. So that will give me my electrolyte and my nutrition needs. And if you need to mix more on the run, I put the nutrition mix and hydration mix in a baggie in my pack. And then I just pour it into a soft bottle and I can refill from my bladder that has two and a half liters of water in it. It's just sort of a backcountry trip. Another thing that I always do, so I always keep toilet paper in a Ziploc baggie, but I also always stick an ID, some cash, and a credit card in another baggie in the middle of the pocket. Why? Because you never know when you're a dummy and you realize I came out of the trail here. Oh my gosh, it's not a mile down to my car from here. It's five miles. And you can always bribe a driver with five bucks to drive you back down to your car if you've just done 30-something miles someplace. So another little thing that I do is first aid material. And I I haven't done it as much here just because I really haven't been on a wild and woolly kind of 
wow, this is good. This is a sketchy run, and I'm not really sure where I'm going to end up. But I used to take and wrap duct tape around either like a small pencil or what are those little sticks called that you throw, you know, sticks that you tongue depressors. That's what they're called. So I used to put duct tape around that. And you say, why duct tape? Well, because you can take toilet paper and you can put it. So let's just say that you fall and you cut your knee open. You can take and you can stick toilet paper on it to help stop the bleeding. And then you can actually tape it down with duct tape and duct tape sticks to anything. So that's always in my pack. Um, I have assorted bandages, aspirin. I used to also, also stick water purification tablets in there in my, in my packs, just in case I've got a refill from a creek or something like that. Um, I just found this thing. It's a collapsible bottle with a small filter for quick fills from creeks or rivers. I put a plastic rain poncho in there, a lightweight jacket, lightweight pants or tights, a long sleeve shirt. These are all wrapped in plastic bags so, so they don't get wet. I learned that running the Bighorn Mountain Run one year. Uh, you know, funny story. I had my drop bag at the at Sally's footbridge and it had snowed and rained the night before. And when the hundred milers were out there, which is when they take all the drop bags there. And so they all the drop bags were outside. And so I didn't have anything in plastic baggies inside my drop bag. And so I pulled my drop bag open and everything was soaking wet. And so I just bagged it and said, okay, that won't work. So I learned how to do that. There's things that when I go and do the, the Appalachian Trail, the full 500 miles, I'll have extra pair of socks, wool hat, wool gloves. But I'm also looking at the small wood pellet and, you know, kind of a stove, very, very small thing and waterproof matches along with some dehydrated foods in case I get, you know, stuck. Underneath my, my electrolyte nutrition soft bottles, there's two other pockets that I've got in there. And I always keep just hand candies, Tums in a baggie. I put jerky, nuts, gels, sometimes the peanut butter and jelly in there. Okay, so what am I saying? You know what? The six P's will help prevent piss poor performance. So... I think it's actually seven. No, it's six. Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. And this isn't just your pack. This isn't just what you pack. This is communication. This is looking at weather reports. This is knowing how to communicate. It's knowing how to pull up and read a map. It's actually knowing how to take a compass. This might be something you might want to learn how to do. Learn how to read a compass and know which direction on a paper map which i recommend they have really cool waterproof maps i recommend getting those and taking those because all these things can take and turn a disastrous run where you're really not having fun and they're very simple and all of a sudden your next backcountry run is a little less dangerous so that's it for this week's episode of living an ultra life get out there live large live life to the full